Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Inner Healing After Narcissistic Abuse podcast. My name is Jasmine, I'm your host, and I'm coming from a very cold and wintry night in Perth, WA. So thank you to everyone who has reached out to me since um, I've started this podcast. It's been amazing to kind of get people's feedback and, you know, hear of all the stories of people who are finding this podcast so valuable and, you know, helping them on their journey. Uh, I think it's something that I forget, um, you know, was one of my biggest struggles and that was not really having um, a big platform or um you know, kind of support system to help me navigate what I was going through. And what I kind of hope to to give you all is a bit of a framework to help you so that you can hopefully kind of navigate the process for yourself a little bit quicker than I did for myself. So before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to also say that because of the feedback I've had uh, I'm really playing around with the structure of the podcast episodes and I'd love to kind of do some online coaching episodes. So if there's anyone out there, if you're interested in having a bit of a mini coaching session with me on a specific topic or issue that you're currently navigating um, during you know, your inner healing process. Um, and so again, this is uh, for those of you who have experienced narcissistic abuse and emotional abuse, of course. So, yeah, definitely please reach out. Um, you can contact me and get in touch at um, afeelinglife at gmail.com. So that's my email address. And um, I'm also looking at doing some Q&A style episodes. So if you um, have some burning questions or things that you'd like support and help with or to get some kind of perspective on where you're at at the moment but um, maybe don't feel so comfortable with being in a coaching session that's recorded. Um, I'm also, um, yeah, accepting people's questions. So if you do have a question or looking for some sort of specific support, please do email me as well. So that's feelinglife at gmail.com and we'll get into today's episode. Hi and welcome back to another episode. Today we're going to be talking about six tips for navigating your healing journey. So this has been uh, quite a big topic that's been on my mind in the last few days and I wanted to jump on and share with you all some of my biggest kind of tools and tips and kind of perspectives as well that I believe are really important for our actual inner healing and, you know, personal transformation as we navigate, um, you know, heartbreak and transformation, um, emotional abuse and, you know, obviously the aftermath of dealing with a narcissistic individual as well. So I've got six tips for you tonight and I want to share with you, I guess, first of all, this concept that you know, our healing process is really a deep, um, you know, foundational, you know, almost transformational experience. It's not linear by any means. Um, and, you know, I guess for many of us, we kind of have this experience where we're torn between where we're at and where we think we should be. And I kind of say that in adverted commas because it really is this, kind of, I guess, societal pressure or pressure from, you know, family and friends as well who just don't really understand that this isn't like a normal breakup, this isn't a normal experience, right? And 
um, something that came up for me and was so powerful was um, a recent podcast episode that I listened to by Elizabeth D'Alto. Her podcast is called Truth Telling, and I highly recommend that you have a listen to her episode after this episode, of course. Um, and her episode was number 260 called On Cowardice, Deep Healing and Being Dead with Karen Hawkwood. So highly recommend that episode. And basically, I won't go into too much detail, but it really resonated and kind of connects well with what I'm trying to say here um, because basically the conversation that Elizabeth had with Karen Hawkwood was um, this idea that we, when we used to live in community, you know, hundreds of years ago and we, we, we used to really live in those type you know, tribal type of environments, um, there would be things such as an ash house. And this would be a place for, you know, a woman to go if she lost her husband or her, you know, her child passed away. And it was a place where basically the women would get nurtured and looked after during that really, you know, transformational, deep grieving time. And, you know, they would just get supported and nurtured and looked after as they kind of navigated that, you know, emotional, physical, psychological type of process. And it really, I guess, highlighted the fact that we just don't, you know, our society these days just isn't like that at all anymore. And we're kind of expected just to keep living life and, you know, continuing with our job. And if we've got children, we continue to look after them. And, you know, we've got all these responsibilities that we can't really run away from our life and we can't really actually process and heal, you know, what we've been through um, in our own time and space. So it's almost in this, you know, day and age, it's even, you know, more difficult to actually navigate what we navigate and this idea that what happens in a really, you know, traumatic or, you know, a deep healing, um, you know, breakup is that we die, you know, the person that we were, there's really like this death about us, like we're actually not repairing. So even in this podcast episode, um, Elizabeth also talked about, you know, like the difference between repair and regeneration. And I totally resonated with that because, we don't repair. Repair is kind of like trying to fix what's broken and it just is kind of mended. But regenerating is kind of like this this dying and, you know, complete renewal. And, um, and, and that I think is what really happens to us after narcissistic abuse. It's not that we actually repair and kind of return to being who we used to be. We actually transform and turn into a whole new, different type of person. And I believe that, you know, obviously not everyone has this experience, but what I'm so passionate about is actually helping people to understand that, that this is actually what the process and the journey, you know, the point of the journey is. Um, it's not just something that happens to us uh, and we're left to feel, you know, revengeful and bitter for the rest of our lives. I, I honestly don't believe that. And, I think it's also important to understand that, you know, we, we hand over our power, we, 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 you know, stay a victim if we kind of have that mindset. And I've thought about this a lot because I'm sure there are many of you at the moment who are very much deeply still in your own process and, you know, by no means do I feel like I've completely 100% healed but, I do think that it gets to a point where you come out the other side, you see the light at the end of the tunnel and 
you have a totally different perspective for your experience, right? And the purpose and the point of what you what you experienced. And I think that's really possible. And I think we miss the point if we don't actually really allow ourselves through the process. And it was something that I had to, you know, spend a lot of time reminding myself. And that was that, you know, this process, it will take however long it takes. And I just trusted that I would get through it. I had navigated something similar a few years before uh, in another relationship and I knew that it was possible but my, my, my more obviously recent relationship breakdown was way more extreme. You know, this person was, you know, highly, highly narcissistic, a lot of, lot of issues and addictions and so, um, you know, it was a very much more complicated and painful experience. But I definitely can, you know, say on the other end of it now that I've moved through a lot of stuff. I definitely feel like I died and was reborn and like regenerated and became this whole other person and version of myself. And something else that they brought up in the podcast episode was that this idea that, you know, when we die in this type of transformational process, that, you know, every part of us is dead and and if you think about, like, there's dead roots and then, uh, you know, when you start to kind of regenerate and when you start to, you know, when things kind of get less painful and you start to kind of return to some sort of normal life, you know, there is this possibility and hope that kind of emerges and we kind of experience, you know, like this analogy of these green shoots, you know, the green shoots, they start to come through as the plant regenerates and and I think that's kind of yeah a very similar process that we actually experience so you know I think the the main point here is that it is you know a process it takes however long it needs to take and the more that you actually just allow and stay present in the process you'll find that you actually will move through it a lot quicker um, I know you know for many women who I've supported and worked with in the last 12 months they've you know the big difference I've seen between those who are you know really on that path to healing and the ones that are really still stuck in their pain and suffering are the ones that you know the ones who have let go of resistance who have really committed themselves to healing and growing and just being with the process I think you know it's obviously a little bit easier to say when you're on the other side of the process that you know it's important to really be with it and be present but I totally understand how painful um how painful it is so by no means um do I think it's a glamorous or um fun process because it's definitely not but I think we can also appreciate and have a deeper understanding and gratitude for ourselves and what we're actually capable of moving through. I think that is something that many of us don't give ourselves credit for. And, you know, it's something that I want to really highlight in this podcast series, you know, is is the power of this type of transformation and the purpose of it. I think, you know, male or female, if you're listening to this podcast and you're you know, moving through this type of transformation and you've really experienced narcissistic abuse, you'll understand that it is, you know, so much bigger than just our individual self. It's it's happening on a global scale 
and you know it's it's allowing and forcing men and women to wake up to you know really become conscious and to do a lot of inner healing you know soul work so definitely listen to that podcast with Elizabeth Dialto um her podcast is called truth telling and yeah there's some really great episodes on there it's something else that I wanted to mention I had actually had this down as um, my sixth step but I really wanted to share that explore educate you know while you're in this process you have time to really delve deep into you know I guess trying to make some sort of meaning from your experience for yourself and for me that looked like and still looks like you know listening to podcast episodes you know just like this watching YouTube videos, following people who have successfully navigated this, you know, emotional abuse and narcissistic abuse, Um, you know, whether that's following myself, um, you know, I'm on social media, a feeling life is my handle. So, you know, you're more than welcome to follow me. Um, There are some, you know, many other great women and men out there doing this work. And I'm sure that you've all, um, you know, found, found those resources online. But, it's really important, I think, when you're able to kind of have that role model and to be guided in a way that, no, you know, allows you to understand that no matter where you're at, it's okay. Um, because, like I said, there's just so much pressure from everyone around us to get on, get over it and, you know, continue on with life. But really this type of um, experience just doesn't work like that. So the more that you can just surround yourself in supportive environments, you know, if you don't have that community um, in person and in your life, then the online communities that are available to you, um, I have found to be powerful. And this, you know, is also a great time to mention, you know, if there is a meetup type group um, in your area where you live, I really highly recommend that you attend one. Um, So I'm based in Perth in Western Australia. So I run local meetups here every fortnight for women. Um, But, you know, I think there are lots of places around the world that offer similar support. uh, And I would definitely reach out because it's important to be around like-minded people who understand, who've been through, you know, similar scenarios. And if it's one thing I've learned since, um, you know, doing this work and, and supporting women in, you know, the same process that I've navigated is that, you know, especially with narcissistic personality disorder and these type of people, you know, the stories can be different and the details can be different, but their underlying common character characteristics and behaviours are all so similar. And it doesn't matter where in the world you are, these people are just the same. And so no matter where you are, you're going to get support and, um, you know, I guess get some value from hearing other people's stories as well. Something that I do make a point to, you know, mention quite a bit when I do run these meetup groups is that it's important that you are conscious and, you know, really aware of, the type of information that you consume. So when you are exploring and listening to podcasts or videos, really make sure that the intention of the person who's delivering, you know, this information to you is actually coming from a place of, 
really being on the other side of narcissistic abuse, um, coming from a place of not neutrality but being able to give you the whole picture and not just coming from, you know, like anger and resentment. And we really want to move past those types of emotions when we when we're ready of course but for someone who's you know educating and sharing you want to kind of get the whole picture and you want to you know also be around you know people who have a positive mindset and actually you know can really share the overall picture with you so just be really conscious and aware of the information that you're consuming because I I do see it quite a bit online you know, particular, you know, groups that can be quite negative and, you know, that are always going on about how bad, um, you know, narcissistic people are and that kind of thing. And we don't want to get caught up in that type of environment because it's very toxic and it's actually going to stop us from healing. And, you know, there's also things like those memes that you see about, you know, just about love and relationships and heartbreak. And I think that can really help you when you're in that initial you know, process, I guess. But, you know, the more that you go on, again, you want to be mindful that you're moving out of victimhood and into feeling empowered to actually, you know, work on your life and um, really, I guess, attract people into your life that are going to help you thrive and, you know, really transform as a human being. So my Tip number two is really about being gentle and kind with yourself. And I guess this builds on my first tip, which, you know, we can't really navigate our healing process if we're not gentle and kind to ourselves because, you know, when we're self-sabotaging, when we're being really negative and self-critical, we're actually just, again, getting stuck in that victimhood and, are not able to move through the emotion because we're basically judging ourselves a lot while we're trying to navigate, you know, all of these emotions, all of these feelings, um, you know, just trying to, I guess, make sense of what happened. And, you know, there's a lot of confusion and so many different emotions, you know, it's, it's almost like you get stuck between feeling so empowered one day and like, knowing you did the right thing and getting out of that situation to, you know, missing that person and, you know, remembering all the good times and forgetting all the bad times. And, you know, we, we get stuck between those two kind of places. It's very hard to, to really know, like, have we done the right thing? You know, initially, I think as time goes on and you start to, I guess, recalibrate and get used to, normal living, you know, um, and not getting, you know, caught up in these highs and lows, you know, that roller coaster of emotion that we get swept up in with narcissistic people, um, then it just makes the whole process so much better. I think, you know, pain is, you know, something that happens, that's something that we feel, but, you know, that suffering that we experience is really a choice do we do we you know allow ourselves to move through the pain and you know do we choose to like move through it as best as we can without holding on to too much you know judgment and self-critical thoughts um as we as we navigate that process and like I said um you know this is something that takes time and practice it's just like a daily commitment I think 
it's not and it's not a journey or like a you know it's not like you a destination that you're going to reach it's really about just daily committing and reminding yourself you know and coming back to love and coming back to compassion with yourself every time you find yourself being critical or judging yourself or you know internalizing maybe comments that other people are making about where they think you should be in your process and tip number three is really about finding community and and if that seems too scary and you feel too alone and lost then I really do really suggest that you at least have that one person that you can go to that you're close with or that you can build a close connection with and that you can really confide in you know whether this is a loved one who is there and understands or at least can hold space for you while you navigate your you know journey um, or whether it's a professional I know for me I wasn't really in a place where I had a lot of you know support around me and so you know part of obviously what we experience is that isolation from family or friends, you know, our wider community. And so, you know, obviously this is why a lot of us feel it's a very lonely process. So I think part of it is that you you want to have a you want to have time to yourself um, and be, you know, there for you. Um, but I think it is really important that you have some sort of support. So whether it's a counsellor, a psychologist, um, you know, any other type of mental health worker, you know, a support group like a meetup type group for narcissistic abuse survivors and thrivers, um, anything like that is going to be so supportive. Of course, you know, coaches like myself as well could really help you if you're working with someone one-on-one. But the idea is that you have someone that is just, yeah, there for you and supportive and you know, I guess just help help you feel like you're not alone because you're really not um, and I think it's something that we forget, you know, because physically we feel or we may be alone, you know, a fair bit of the day or the week but we're all connected to one another and I think the process of transformation is also kind of about, you know, our hearts cracking open and, and, and part of us dying, I guess, and regenerating and rebirthing into a new person is to actually be able to feel love and be love with other people, you know, just to have human connection, to feel joy and, you know, just remember that human beings, you know, are good people, that there are good people out there. I think that's something that, you know, a lot of us in our process and in the darkness of what we experience, we we really we really lose sight of that because we've had this really painful, you know, unbearable situation and experience, um, you know. But I, it's just a reminder for you to understand that it does exist and that you know these people are out there. So if you can try and open up a little bit to yourself and open up to others and you know, and trust with discernment, I think, you know, really make sure if you are reaching out to a professional that they understand narcissistic abuse or have, you know, experienced it themselves or, you know, that there is some sort of connection because there's nothing worse than finding a professional who might be really great in their field but has never 
really had much exposure or experience in working in this specific field. Um, and it's, you know, at that point that you might be driven to feel more isolated and lonely because, um, you know, they're just not going to have that understanding that we want them or need them to have to help us through our process. So I just want to say also that this is really important and especially, like I said, if you do have that one person that you're close to that may be a friend or a family member who you can kind of be in touch with regularly, um, it's going to be important for those of you, you know, who really do feel the after effects and like the withdrawal effects of, you know, not being around the abuse because, um, you know, we do get addicted on this on a cellular level and hormonally, you know, we get addicted to the abuse. And so it's for this reason that when you do leave that you'll feel like you want to go back or that you miss them or, you know, you're missing those highs and lows, you're missing you're missing that roller coaster and it's not because that's what you really want or that's what you really miss. It's more that your body is actually physiologically um, you know, hooked in that in that pattern and that cycle. So it really is like a drug addiction. And so, you know, I didn't know myself that that's what I was experiencing. And, you know, I think it took me, I don't even remember how many times before I really left and completely got myself out. But, um, you know, I kept going back because I didn't understand that that's what I was experiencing at the time, that I was really addicted and that I just needed to break the addiction in order to kind of get clarity, refocus and start to actually process, I think, everything that I'd experienced in that relationship. So, you know, having this person um, as a point of contact, um, if you ever feel like reaching out to your ex that you, you know, you basically have this conversation with them prior to, you know, ever having to reach out and just saying, hey, is it okay if, um, you know, I, I could text you if I feel like I want to text my ex, you know, can I text you instead and just send you what I would send them, you know, that way they're prepared and that way, you know, you don't actually have to, you know, frame that every time you text them, they could just be prepared for that or maybe it's an email. And so you can basically, it's really about, I guess, purging your emotion, purging really what you want to say, just get it out. And the point isn't to, you know, actually let this person, you know, your ex know. Um, I know I did that and it just it never ends well and you end up just getting hooked back into the abuse. So you're better off journaling and writing it down if you want to keep it private or if you really feel like you need to kind of express and pretend that you're going to send it to this person, then, you know, do it to someone safe that you can trust and and express yourself that way. I think that is really, really powerful. So tip number four is all about self-care. Now, you might have heard a lot about this, maybe you haven't, but really it's just, I think, fundamental. And I think for myself and I know for many people it is really, really difficult because self-care is just something that we don't really practice regularly, um, you know, in narcissistic abuse as well, like if we don't have boundaries and, you know, we're allowing this person to disrespect us and treat us, you know, really badly, then we just, we're not, we, we just fundamentally, we, we don't have that foundation of, of coming home to ourselves and being there for ourselves and, and supporting our health and our body, you know, we kind of almost self-sabotage 
because of the abuse that we're experiencing that it just almost fuels that, you know, self-hate um, that we have for ourselves for the fact that, you know, we're even still staying in that relationship. So I'll be sharing more about this on the blog soon, um, but, you know, if you can get yourself some really good quality essential oils, um, something like Forever, sorry, what's it called, um, Young Living, um, or I use doTERRA essential oils personally, so I know those two brands um, are very high quality. Um, I will be running a podcast episode with a dear friend of mine on the power of emotional healing and essential oils. I know they've completely changed my life um, and really helped me through this transformation process. So I really, really can't stress that enough. Um, but a distinction that I always, you know, do want to make is that there are lots of, you know, chemical, synthetic type of essential oil brands out there. Um, you know, it's become a bit of a, a fad, a bit of a, um, you know, cool thing to have. So a lot of companies have jumped on board, you know, claiming that they, they sell pure essential oils, but there's really no regulation around them. So, um, you know, even if you're looking at making sure there's no synthetics and fillers in them, um, you can't really trust what is written on the bottle, unfortunately. So, um, you know, generally, like I said, Young Living or doTERRA really are, I know, third-party tested and, um, yeah, are really great essential oils. Um but, yeah, you know, I, I'm sure there are lots of other smaller brands out there as well that you might be able to source locally. And if you can even talk to those businesses, then, you know, reach out and ask them questions and make sure because, um, for me, it's really important not to consume extra chemicals because they can play out with your hormones and all sorts of things. And we don't want to be adding extra toxins to our body. You know, part of narcissistic abuse, you know, recovery, I believe, is really about detoxing and purging everything out of our body and out of our system. So we, we want to be really mindful that we're not adding extra chemicals to our body. So another, you know, few self-care ideas that um, I think are really powerful and they're quite simple when you really look at them, but um, things like Epsom salt or magnesium style baths, whether that's something you do at home yourself. I know a lot of supermarkets stock the Epsom salts, so um, I highly recommend getting some of those and doing that. I know, you know, while I was even still in the relationship, I was having a lot of Epsom salt baths. So I was doing, was starting to kind of cultivate the self-care and learn about self-love a lot, you know, a long time before I ended up leaving the abuse. But, um, you know, in those moments, you know, during that time, I was really, really regular with the baths. Now um, I do it more as a self-care thing, um, you know, once or twice a week or every couple of weeks. But if you're still really either in, you know, in the experience in the relationship and you're wanting to leave but you're wanting to build up your self-care, that's something that you can definitely start to work on now. And if you have left then and it's the really early stages and, you know, there's a lot of emotion, there's a lot of, you know, stuff coming up for you, these magnesium baths are going to be really grounding and, and also help calm the central nervous system and help your muscles and everything like that. So really powerful and really simple as well. Um, and you can also add essential oils into your bath, um, which just adds that, you know, aromatherapy and helps calm and, and you know, help helps you process your emotions basically. Um, 
two other things, meditation and yoga are just powerful, amazing. In particular, personally, I absolutely love restorative types of, you know, like yin yoga, really slow, stretchy kind of, you know, breathing deeply type of yoga. Um, and this is something you can do at home or you can go to a studio. Um, but really important, again, part of our healing process is really removing that, you know, constant and chronic stress response. So you want to make sure that you're, you know, really incorporating practices that are going to help calm your system. And so this really leads me to tip number five, which is getting used to being really selfish. I know a lot of my clients say to me, oh, I don't know, I feel like I'm being too selfish now, like, you know, because we kind of swing from one side to the other. You know, we swing from being, you know, so selfless and it all being about the narcissist and being caught up in their drama and always being there for them that we we don't really think about ourselves. Um, something that just came to mind was something crazy I did years ago was uh, I woke up in the night and my, you know, narcissist boyfriend at the time were you know was texting me in the middle of the night and that, you know that was kind of common um I won't go into too much detail but yeah he was up a lot at night and he you know was kind of in more of that depressed um down phase and you know because it was always up and down for him and um he said oh can you come over and it was like I think 4 30 in the morning and I got up in the middle of the night at 4.30 in the morning and or 3 o'clock, I can't remember, but I got up and drove to his house and, um, you know, you know, just didn't think about myself, didn't look after myself, you know, had broken sleep, um, just completely just was selfless, you know, was running over to him and making sure he's okay and, there was no part of is this really serving me or is this actually really beneficial for me and, you know, that plays into codependency and lots of different patterns of not having boundaries and things that I won't go into now but just be just pay attention to, you know, how much energy and intention for being there with yourself are you having? Are you, you know, are you using your energy wisely and are you being there for yourself? Just become really, you know, conscious of that and know that if this part of your transformation and healing journey, you know, is about being selfish and learning what selfishness is, then, you know, really like enjoy that process, be in that, you know, and I always say to clients, trust yourself, you know, when you move out of the self-obsession with learning about, you know, narcissistic abuse or feeling like you're too selfish and, you know, just want to spend all the time with yourself. We kind of have to go from one extreme to the other in order to really come back into the middle and find our version of, you know, balance and what works for us. So that's really, really important. And, you know, I really do emphasise the fact that we need to detach ourselves from judgment and that self-critical type of you know, thinking that a lot of us have ingrained in us because, you know, this is all about learning about ourselves and doing things for ourselves and nurturing ourselves that 
being really selfish is just part of the process and it's not going to be like that forever. So just enjoy it and be with it as you experience it. And tip number six, as I had mentioned right at the beginning, is really about exploring. And like I mentioned, it's all about just putting yourself in the place of exploring and educating and understanding that knowledge is power, that it's the thing that is going to help you override the chemical addiction, the 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 hoovering and the you know hooking into the narcissist story you know and trying to get you back into their drama when we can just see what we've experienced from a different perspective and we can just remove ourselves enough to know that what we experienced was abuse and that it is not okay and that we do not need to allow that type of behavior in our life then the game changes, you know, that is when we really take power back and when we empower ourselves and we really, you know, fast track our healing, you know, process. So they're my main six tips and I'd love to hear from you, you know, have you found this episode helpful? Um, You know, what more would you like to learn there's so much um, in the realm of narcissistic abuse and emotional well-being and transformation and healing and it's all really about self-discovery and exploration and really getting to know yourself and, you know, I guess creating a deeper meaning and purpose for your life. And something I always say is, you know, we can't expect other people to change if we're not willing to be a role model for that, you know, and I think that's where the world is going to change on a, you know, global scale is the more individual people wake up and transform and, you know, really heal themselves, the more that, you know, human consciousness is going to rise and, you know, this vicious cycle of narcissistic abuse and, you know, you know, families kind of passing these traits down in their family lines, the more, you know, that is really going to be eradicated. But we need to focus on ourselves. We need to come back to ourselves and we need to stop giving these narcissistic people the power. As always, thank you so much for listening and I look forward to speaking with you soon. Bye.